Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I want to say thank you, Lip Talk Nation, for your support and feedback so far. Many stories have come in letting us know what a difference Life in Purple is making in their lives, and I just want to say thank you so much. The more voices that join together, the louder our community comes to make a difference. That's what I said, the louder our community becomes to make a difference. On our most recent episode, we had Dr. Michael Brandt DiMaria, who shares his tips on meditation and how to help people with suicidal thoughts. If you are tuning in for the first time, check out liptalknation.com and there you will find more resources such as my personal coaching, blog, and much, much more. On our show today, we have motivational speaker and author, Gloria Gaydon Corona. She wrote the book, After the Music Stops, released but not recovered. She shares her vulnerability of what it was like to be married to not only a man in uniform, but what it was like to be married to a prisoner of war. You will be inspired after hearing Gloria's interview. I am so excited, Lip Talk Nation. Gloria, welcome to the show. How are you today? Well, I'm I'm very well, thank you, Laura. It's good to hear your voice. You're so chipper, you make me chipper. <laughs> oh, well, it certainly is great to hear your voice, and I love your accent, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, Lip Talk Nation. I just might mimic her because I love Southern accents, so it'll be a compliment, Gloria, if I mimic your Southern accent. Well, you just mimic all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Gloria, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Life in Purple. But before we get into your story of your book, After the Music Stops, will you tell us where you're from and how you got your start or why you wrote your book? Well, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and my father was joined up in World War II to volunteer, you know, after Pearl Harbor. He was an older man, but anyway, he, he volunteered, and we moved to Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery. And so I grew up in Montgomery and went to college at Vanderbilt and at Auburn and was an English major. So I started writing in college and enjoyed it. I've always written. Uh, this, After the Music Stops, is my first published book, but I've written many essays and articles and so forth. So I guess I guess it was time for a book. I was asked by many people to write a book about PTSD because so many people had an idea that these men would come home and they would be shell-shocked was the expression. And they would be shaking and it would have a hard time adjusting. Well, it was not shell-shocked. 
And so as the book goes on, I won't go into that now, but a lot of people wanted to know, you know, what they went through and, and how it manifested itself in the family. So that's why I wrote it. And then a lot of people wanted to know what happened to the POWs. Uh, in February of 1973, over 500 POWs, not on one day, but on different flights, were released from Vietnam all at one time. So the 500 became very close. Of course, a lot of them had known each other in prison camp. But they became a group, and that's what we refer to as the POWs, those 500 that came home together in 1973. That was my start. Beautiful explanation. Thank you so much, Gloria. I really appreciate you, and I can't wait to get into uh, the shell shock definition and, and PTSD. So I know that you have quite the story and personal experience with this, but will you first tell Lip Talk Nation how you and your husband, Captain Ben Ringsdorf, met? Well, in that time, that Vietnam era, when the prisoners of war, my husband was a prisoner of war for six and a half years. He was shot down November the 11th, 1966, and came home in 1973. So he was there six and a half years. And while he was gone, the different families made bracelets with the POW's name on it. So one of my good friends, who happened to be married to the governor of Alabama, Kanegi Wallace, wore his bracelet, Ben Ringstore, because she was from the same town in Alabama that he was from, Elba, Alabama. And then also, Cornelia, Mrs. Wallace, and I had gone to high school together. So when he came home and was released at Maxwell Air Force Base, she met his plane and welcomed him home. And subsequently, she introduced Ben and I, and we formed a friendship, I guess. And, and we became very close, and, and very soon we, we married. So that was how we met having dinner with the governor and his wife, <laughs> with Secret Service people all around. That's in my book, the whole story of that courtship and meeting and everything. It, it's kind of funny and good and all sorts of things. So you need to read the book. Absolutely. I can't wait. And I Lip Talk Nation, I hope that you going and purchase the book after this episode. How beautiful is that to meet your husband-to-be uh, at the with the governor and yes. his wife. <laughs> that is so awesome. And uh, that your story is beautiful and funny too. That's that's very inspirational. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? She doesn't want to give it all away, but she met her future husband with the governor. That's awesome. All right, so after you got married, Gloria, to Captain Ben Ringsdorf, did he show any signs of trauma when you first got married? Well, I, I have to say that question threw me a little bit because I was sort of young. I was in my 30s, and I, I wouldn't know. I don't think I would recognize trauma. He was very, very thin, but he seemed very optimistic and upbeat. He was my age, exactly, and we had many thoughts alike, many feelings about the war and everything else alike. So we just had a real good time, and he seemed real adjusted to me. But like I said, I was awfully young. And now, in retrospect, I realize that there was trauma there, but I was too untrained or too young or however you want to put it to recognize it. Uh, he was very needy and a little paranoid, but at the time, I just thought, well, he's been locked up for six and a half years. Who wouldn't be? 
you know, that's how I sloughed it off. But yet there was trauma. It just, I didn't recognize it. Now in retrospect, I do. Oh, Gloria, I love how you are vulnerable right now and you are sharing with us that you keep calling yourself you're so young in your 30s and that is a very true statement. But I want Lip Talk Nation to grab a hold of this because what I'm hearing is that you saw what you wanted to see at the time because you guys loved each other so much. And then you say in retrospect that there were some signs. So Gloria, again, you are an inspiration to so many people and I'm honored to help you raise awareness for America's brave men and women in the military, specifically those who struggle with PTSD and other emotional changes. So when, can I ask you this, when did you notice that Ben was struggling emotionally? I guess when it finally dawned on me, we went on a honeymoon trip. This is all covered in the book for a long, long but he, he began to drink slowly, a little bit here and a little bit there. But each stop that we made on our journey, he was drinking a little bit more. And so he would get very ugly. His you know, whole personality would change. And then the next day, he would be fine. He would be back to himself again. So the, the drinking. But then once again, I'm 70 now, but back then I was in my 30s and I thought, well, everybody drinks. He's just having a good time. As I look back, I realized that it was progressing. The drinking was becoming, um, he couldn't even get off the plane hardly without having to rush and get a drink. It was becoming, it just had him. Alcoholism had him at that time. And that was what I noticed. Absolutely. Yeah, and and the change of personalities. That that was shocking to me because... Oh, I'm sure. I thought, well, you know, here is a man from my home state. He's an Alabamian, small-town Alabamian, and what's the matter with him? I mean, why is he acting so strange today? He didn't act like this yesterday. You know, the change in personalities threw me. But once again, you... If you're young, I maybe even if you're old, you think, well, he's been locked up for six and a half years. No wonder. But it began happening more and more and more. And uh, I've really considered that I needed to leave him on that trip. It was a long trip, and it's covered in the book, too. You need to read it. But it was a six-week trip around the world. So each stop was another progression. You know, we would spend a few days here or a few days there. So it was more than just hit or miss. It was a long drinking trip, really. It was heavy drinking. Absolutely. I can't even imagine that, you know, because the day before... uh, you know, he was, he wasn't this way. And so you kept justifying that. They're like, no, then it's because he was, you know, went through such torture for six and a half years. And, and he was tortured uh, terribly. And that was covered. That's covered in the book. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you really want to talk about necessarily, but you almost need to read it to kind of get it all in perspective about his mind in my mind, because this this was that hero, this was a American hero. This was a a very brave, exceptional man. You know, our only bravest, most exceptional men are really in the military. Is the way I feel. My whole heart goes out to them. To lay your life on the line takes a really deep character, doesn't it? 
Absolutely, Miss Gloria. I say amen to this. You are exactly right. When you say that Ben was a hero and he was very brave and the military men, they are some of the bravest people that I know. And I can't imagine all the stuff that he went through you know, for him to have all of these symptoms and the emotional and physical changes. So can, I I really want to know, and I want Lip Talk Nation to understand how his behavior affected you and your family. So how did his behavior affect you and your family? Well, this is what, Laura, I'm trying to get across, and I tried to get across in the book. If there are any wives that are facing PTSD, I want to help them. And I think my story can help them, and that's the reason I wrote the book. So let me say, the way it affected my family, I want to be open about it because they may not understand what's going on either. But the family, a man that keeps drinking, he will come home and everything is fine, and then all of a sudden he switches personalities. So you never know, and the children never knew, if something they said would set him off and he would be ugly to them, or if he would be sweet and loving. So no one ever knew each evening what was coming through the door when he came home. So the house was very fearful. In fact, the children quit asking friends over because they were afraid that the friends would be insulted or or see him, you know, in, in the state he was in, which was getting drunker and drunker, but sort of erratic, erratic behavior. So that's what our home life was like. I certainly can't imagine, you know, living in that type of fear, not knowing the personality that you were going to see, you know, that their dad was going to see and your husband, you know, walking on eggshells pretty much. And I'm glad that you're reaching out to the military wives and even husbands. I believe that it's not just men that have it, but they are more likely to have it. And thank you so much for reaching out because now I want the listeners to know who have been diagnosed with PTSD, but they don't think it's important to get help. So this is where I really want your advice and your opinion. What would you say to them to encourage them to go and get help? Well, first of all, there is help, which a lot of people don't realize. I mean, the VA does do a good job in some locales. It's gotten a bad rap, but they're wonderful in our area. But even your town's mental health people or your minister, talk to him. But when you see things in your home that are, are not right, not, not normal, people are not comfortable in your home, and your husband or wife, is acting erratic, you need to get help. Because the thing with PTSD, it's progressive. It starts out as a minor thing. It was many years before my husband's alcoholism or PTSD got him and really killed him. So every day that you wait and you enable him by covering or enable her, you know, but you you don't help them by calling their boss and saying, oh, he's sick today, he can't come in. That's enabling. That means not just alcohol, it's drugs, it's other things. It could be sex, you know, it could be other mind-numbing activities, not just alcohol. But if you let it go on, it will kill them eventually. So if you really love, if you really love your spouse, you will get help any way that you can. And even if they're against it, you don't have to talk to them about it. You, you can go, 
I first started going to Al-Anon, and they were, it was just wonderful. You know, nobody knows your name. I, would, I, I remember going in there and saying, well, this was just women. And I remember going and saying, well, you all don't have my problem. I make my husband drink, but you all don't do that. You know, so your husbands are upstairs in the AA meeting, but my husband won't come. Well, everybody started laughing, and I thought, well, that's not funny. But to them, it was funny because I was sounding like the typical, you don't make people do anything. That's what I didn't know. If I tied up Ben and poured the whiskey down his throat, I would be making him. But I didn't realize I wasn't making him do anything. He was the one pouring it down his throat. But I beat up on myself for a long time. And then you can make yourself sick. And your children need you to be strong. They don't need for you to fall apart. Because Lord knows the whole family needs to get help for their father or their mother, whoever the veteran might be. And I say veteran, to me and to many people, my doctor included, there are two types of PTSD. There are PTSD for people that had an automobile wreck or something like that, and then there are the veterans with PTSD. And they're really not exactly the same. I mean, people don't live afraid that the guards are going to come and torture them. I mean, that's not really ordinary people. That's a veteran that relives torture and relives guards beating him, and et cetera. You pointed out something that I want Lip Talk Nation to grab a hold of, Gloria, before we go any further. And at the very beginning of this answer, you said there is help. And you talked about the veterans, you know, hospital and the, the local um, facilities, even there is help. So if you are suffering, Lip Talk Nation, or you know someone who has been diagnosed with PTSD, and, and Miss Gloria pointed out that there are two types definitely agree with you. Veterans, the ones who are constantly reliving the trauma that happened on the battlefield, wondering if they're going to be tortured that day, that we do not want to dismiss this. And, and we do need to talk about this and raise awareness for that because there are many veterans who are suffering. And the other type of PTSD is the one who's trauma. And that's the one that I had experienced personally. And so that's why this is hitting home for me is because I do understand what PTSD looks like, but not in the sense that you do. So I, I want you all to know, Lip Talk Nation, there is help. And then she said, you don't have to make people do anything. That's that's very interesting that you said that, you know, because you didn't make your husband do it, uh, unless you said you poured it down his throat. And the experience that you had when you realized that you needed to be strong for your children is so beautiful. And I love that you came to that conclusion. So what was it like for you watching Ben as an alcoholic? Well, it, it really broke my heart, you know, to watch watch him deteriorate like that. Because, um, you know, to, to watch it and then watch my children react to him like they did, a fearful of him. The whole thing just broke my heart. In fact, I went to a friend who was a psychiatrist, and I said, help me. I don't, I'm just, my family's falling apart. I'm making my husband drink. He's the one that told me, you don't make him do anything. But anyway, I was that that was what what I was going through, trying to cope with it on a daily basis and trying to keep you know, you try to keep the children in school and clean clothes and you're working and you've got to get the food in and and nothing suits the alcoholic or the drug addict. I mean, you know, he he doesn't the food's too cold, he doesn't want it. I mean, you know, just nothing you do can make a happy home. And that's that's what I was struggling with. 
I really love your vulnerability and I know it's not easy to talk about such tragedies and trauma and experience but I believe like I did at the intro of the show is that the community will grow and our voices will get louder when we join together because we aren't the only ones suffering Miss Gloria and that's why I admire you for coming on the show you answered the next question I was going to ask how did you cope and you said nothing suited and it was hard to make that happy home but I love that you had a friend that you could reach out to lip talk nation and he just happened to be a psychiatrist by the way but lip talk nation is so important to find that support to reach out to someone it can be just a girlfriend exactly it can be your help exactly but they're clear head so you're not clear-headed but their clear head on hearing it will probably look for a a source for you to talk to i love that be it their minister or a counselor or someone. You know, if you suffer alone, you don't have any input. You don't really know what's available. But if you talk to your girlfriends, go to Al-Anon. They're a good source for getting you some help. There are ways to get help. And the reason I keep saying that is I've heard women say, but I didn't have any help. You do have help. Lip Talk Nation, hold on, Miss Gloria. Did you hear that? Once again, she said... You do have help. That's the message. I want them to understand, Miss Gloria. That's why I keep stopping you is because it is a real thing. There is help. Miss Gloria, you and I, we can raise our voices loud and clear for those who are suffering. And maybe we can, you know, get them. Some may may not even be diagnosed yet with PTSD. You don't want to go to the doctor to find out. That's true. Yes. And so it is my hope that people listening to this will want to go and get help and realize that they are suffering as well and that there is hope because that's exactly what you're saying. There is hope. There is help. Oh my goodness, Gloria, you have so much value. So Gloria, I love asking this question to all the guests on Life in Purple. And I know you've gone through a lot of experience of tragedies and trauma, but you've conquered them as well. So I want to know who are the people that inspire you or who are some of your heroes? My heroes are, like I said earlier, the military men and women. My heroes are the ones that lay down their life for their country. Now, it doesn't mean that you approve of the war or the conflict or whatever. That doesn't, that's not the point. The point is that, irregardless, they will lay down their lives for their country. And the older I get, the more I, more I love them. So I've even Pat Conroy that great author that just died recently, he said he did it all wrong. He said, if I had to do my life over, I would go to Vietnam, serve my country, and then come back and try to change, you know, maybe Congress from the inside rather than railing at it and become a draft dodger in all the ways that he did it. And so when you get older, you start saying, maybe that's not right. Maybe my country if he's your if it's your country it deserves you serving it you know if for no other reason it's your country so i guess the older i get those are my heroes they become more and more my heroes our veterans and our military men serving today even i love those boys that are over in that afghanistan right now i mean it just breaks my heart that he's there over there you know I do know, and and it breaks my heart as well, 
Exactly. But I, you make me smile also, Miss Gloria, by saying that the military men and women are your heroes. I mean, that's such an admirable way to look at it, you know, for those who are fighting for our freedom, fighting for our country and fighting for others' freedoms and, and all that they experience. So you are such a hero to me. So thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability with us here at Life in Purple. I know that there's so much more that we can talk about in your book, but I really want Lip Talk Nation to go and purchase the book so that they can read the story in whole. So now it's time to move to the part where we get to know you on a fun level, and we call this our lightning round. So the questions are very simple and easy to answer, Miss Gloria. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) All right, here we go. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I would like to make everybody happy. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes, that would be my superpower. Make everybody happy. (laughs) This is where I'm going to mimic you, Miss Gloria. She wants to make everybody happy. I love it. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's so great. Okay, how do you like your coffee? I like skim milk and some Splenda in my coffee. That's a first for this answer, skim milk and Splenda. All right, most embarrassing moment. Oh, well, the most embarrassing moment I can think of is um, when I was in college at Auburn, that's where I finished college, uh, I went before the beauty board. I guess the people needed their eyesight checked, but anyway, I was nominated for one of their beauties, and I had to go before what they call the beauty board, and it was a lineup of men, at that time it was only men, professors. You know, I guess there were 12 of them. Anyway, they asked me what was the most uh, well-written book that I had ever read. I was an English major, so that that was the reason to ask me that question. And I said, Gone with the Wind. Well, (laughs) I didn't realize that on the duty board was my English professor, and he stood up all red-faced, and he said, That was the most poorly written book ever written. (laughs) Don't you have a better answer than that? I just remember being so embarrassed, and I wanted I wanted to leave the room, but oh. then I thought, well, I can't do that, you know. So anyway, somehow I came up with War and Peace, <laughs> and he said, well, okay. So I passed the beauty board, but anyway, that was my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> It sounds like that you are very quick on your feet, though, and quick to think to come up with a second answer. Right yeah, well, I mean, I didn't yes. know. I thought, well, that's all, that's an all right. I don't even know if that's the correct answer. <laughs> you know, the, I, since then, I've read much better written books than, you know, even that. But Sure. Anyway, but that was, that was quick thinking. Yes, you're right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Miss Gloria. Okay, so what is your favorite hobby? I basically, I have a dog, and I spend an awful lot of time with my dog Tommy, you know, serving his every need. And that so that would have to be my hobby, plus reading and writing. Yes. Beautiful. I love it. All right, what is your favorite movie? Casablanca. Mm, I like that one too. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful movie. It and is. it really is beautiful story. So what is your favorite color? Blue. Blue. That's my mom's favorite color. That's awesome. What shade of blue? Is it all blue? Gosh, you know the 82 different shades of blue. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Because I did paint a little, and I've got 82 different shades of blue in my oil paints. Uh, somebody gave me a little kit of little tubes. You know, 
So uh-huh. I would have to say sky blue is my favorite blue. Sky blue. That is an excellent color of blue. Sky blue, Lip Talk Nation. What a beautiful story that you just heard from Miss Gloria. And I can't wait to promote you and your book, Miss Gloria. So what final advice do you have for our listeners about PTSD? Don't live another day without getting help because you would be so amazed that when you do get help and your loved one gets help, that peace descends, really. It does. Trauma doesn't keep happening day after day. And plus, you'll feel like you saved his life. And you have. You have saved his life if you could get, get him to get some help. So don't wait. Don't wait another day and just spend miserable days. Don't live your life miserably. You know, don't have to. Excellent advice. Don't live another day without getting help. Now, you already know, Lip Talk Nation, that there is help. There is hope, and it's all around you. And there's lots of information about how to conquer PTSD. Like you said, peace descends. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Gloria, for letting us get to know you on a deeper level. I know that your story has touched the hearts of so many people, and you're an inspiration to myself and Lip Talk Nation. Will you share with the listeners where we can find out more about you and where to purchase your book? Well, my book is on Amazon, and you also can order it from the publisher at Indigo River Publishing. If you just Google that on your computer, you it will come up, and you can order the book through them or order it through Amazon. And if you're ever in Fairhope, Alabama, there's a bookstore that carries it called Page and Palette. It's our only bookstore, so it's not hard to find. It's a small little book. It wouldn't take long to read it, but it is just chunked full, and you will find out it's a lot more about me in this book, too. So in the in the part about learning more about me, this is more about me in the book. I cannot wait to get a hold of this book. Like I said, there's I know people who know you, and they were just talking really good things about you and, and your story and what you went through, what your husband went through, and who you knew, and, and I cannot wait. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, available at Amazon and Indigo River Publishing. You can check her book out there, too. Like she said, it won't take long to read, so I hope you all and go get the book today. Miss Gloria, what an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Lip Talk Nation. If you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. And if you're an iPhone user, Go on over to iTunes and leave that friendly review. And for our Android users, send me a quick email to laura at laurasprague.com. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.